is our help, our great help. You understand? This is Asafu, Asafu, Yehovah, Let your heart be comfortable by this truth. He is with us. Hallelujah. Never leave us us. We know to the end of the age. That is his promise. Amen and amen. And the ministers in the house. I would I would love it if you could translate the song into English and find a way for us to sing it. So that it carries the impact it carries when we sing it in tree. Hallelujah. Amen. amen. So that Marin and Tosin can sing it to me. And inside can also see it. Oh no, let me let me take Mary now because as for Mary he's he's not Ghanaian. Amen and amen. Uh-huh. <laughs> amen. <laughs> hallelujah, hallelujah. But we bless God for tonight and I salute you all in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's a joy always to fellowship together as a family that the seed of the of the Lord and hear his word. And it is a great privilege for me and all the elders, and I speak on behalf of the elders also, to be able to teach his word amongst his people. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. It's a great responsibility given us. And we are not the only ones that will be teaching the word amongst us. You see, as we all grow in the faith and as we mature, we should know that the expectation of God is that each one of us will teach. Hallelujah. Maybe not necessarily in the congregation of the Lord, but teach others to become disciples. Amen and amen. So by the time that you've been, I've said this before, by the time you've been around in the family for a year, two years, you should have learned the art of teaching. At least you should be able to quote a scripture and explain the scripture unto understanding. You, 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 You get what I'm talking about. If after a year or two, a year is really probably too much. If after about six months to a year, you cannot pick one scripture and explain that scripture to somebody to understand, then there is something wrong. Hallelujah. 
Then it means that the teaching you are receiving, you are not really receiving. But the Bible says that, therefore, put aside all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness mm-hmm. and receive with meekness the engrafted mm-hmm. word. As you humble your heart to receive daily the word of God, it prepares you to also be able to teach it. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. So, I tell you what, we are not simply raising disciples, we are raising disciples who also disciple. Amen and amen. That is the goal. Don't say, oh, Pastor Sam, but I'm not a preacher. You are. I'm not called. You are. There is no objection. Hallelujah. So, Maureen, you you will teach and preach the gospel. Hallelujah. Felicia, you would teach and preach the gospel. Irene, you would teach and preach the gospel. You understand? Every one of us, everyone, Tosin, you would teach and preach the gospel. Hallelujah. Get ready. Well, if, if, if you don't want to do it, your kids are coming. You have to. You have to teach them the gospel. The Bible said that Paul was speaking to Timothy. He said, remember the faith that was in your grandmother. Eunice, which he passed into your mother Lois, which is now in you. The grandmother raised Eunice in the faith, her daughter, and her daughter raised the son in the faith. Hallelujah. It's a divine responsibility that you have. Amen and amen. We, we bless amen. God. But, but today, there is a subject on my heart, and I believe the Lord plays it there. And I want us to talk about it, looking at it from Scripture. And it's interesting because uh, our dear sister Felicia, Felicia Chicago, sent me a message concerning the same message I was going to share today. Hallelujah. I, I, I was telling her, you know what, we are going to be talking about it today. So, you know, it's going to even make more sense. Amen and amen. But I need, I need to say this to you, that, you know, concerning all things in our lives, God has an opinion. Hallelujah. Concerning all, God is very opinionated. He has an opinion concerning everything. Amen and amen. And I guess that is why sometimes as believers we want to find out, am I in God's will or not? What is God's opinion about what I'm doing? And sometimes you just want God to say to you, yes, you are, you are in my will, it's okay. And yes, he tell you. Hallelujah. Concerning all things in our life, God has an opinion. And not just an opinion, but he also has what I call instructional wisdom on why and how to do things in order to, one, please him, and two, experience true satisfaction in our lives. So God does not just have an opinion concerning things we do. He also has what I call instructional wisdom. Now, what is that instructional wisdom? That instructional wisdom is is God's way of teaching you how to do and why you ought to do certain things the way you ought to do them. One, to please them. The instructional wisdom of God is meant to teach you how to please Him in whatever you're doing. And two, so that you can experience true satisfaction in your life. Not a fleeting pleasure. That is what sin brings. That is when you step out of God's way, you do things. It will bring you a fleeting pleasure. It is not a satisfaction. Hallelujah. But when you please God first, the consequence, the consequent result is experiencing a true satisfaction in, in your soul. Hallelujah. 
You know, Isaiah mm-hmm. chapter 1, verse 17 talks about learning to do well. Isaiah 1, verse 17 says, learn to do well. And to do well in the sight of God is to be acceptable in his sight. Remember when he said to Cain in the book of Genesis chapter 4, verse 7, he said to Cain, if you do well, will you not be accepted? Let's look at that scripture again. He says, if you do well, Genesis chapter 4, verse 7, will you not be accepted? Meaning that doing well leads to being accepted of God. Hallelujah. Amen. And if you're accepted of God, it means that you please Him. And the consequent blessing that follows that brings the experience of true satisfaction in our lives. Amen and amen. So we must learn to do well. Hallelujah. Somebody say, learn to do well. Learn to do well. Hallelujah. Now, the other thing, the other premise I need to establish for going further is this. We do know from Hebrews chapter number 11, verse 6, the Bible says that for without faith it is impossible to please God. Do you know, did you notice that? It says, for without faith it is what? Impossible to please God. And we had already said that doing well is what will make you acceptable to God or make you pleasing to God. And the Bible is saying in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, that for without faith it is impossible to, to please God. Therefore, to do well in the kingdom is to walk in faith towards God, as simple as that. Because it's the same thing. To do well in the kingdom is to walk in faith towards God. So when the Bible says learn to do well, he says learn the ways of faith so that you can walk in faith towards God. What does that mean, walking in faith towards God? It means, one, I believe God's revelation about all things. Whatever I'm doing in my life, whatever venture I'm going on, I believe God's revelation. God's revelation is is his opinion concerning the thing. Hallelujah. And then two, you receive or I receive his instructional wisdom concerning it. And then three, I do it. Hallelujah. That is faith. When I have faith in God, or I'm walking in faith towards God, the first thing is I search out. Here's revelation concerning that particular thing I'm doing. For example, if I'm walking in faith towards God and I'm going to get married, I want to find out what is God's opinion concerning marriage. What is God's revelation concerning? What has God said about marriage? Hallelujah. Number two, I want to find out what is God's instructional wisdom concerning marriage. How should I conduct my marriage? Then God will teach you. The man is the head of the woman. Christ is the head of the man. And God is the head of Christ, period. God did not say a man who loves God and worships God and goes to church on Sunday and does not care is the head of a man. There are no qualifications. Whether the man is a drunkard, whether the man is a gambler, he's the head of a woman in the relationship, in the marriage relationship. Hallelujah. Can I, can I hear the lady say amen? Amen. Yes, yes. There is no qualification. Sometimes our ladies, you fall into the trap of trying to qualify the man before you submit to him. There is no qualification for submission. The only thing is if the man is abusing you physically, you walk out of the marriage. You don't want to die. There are many men around. Walk out of that marriage. Hallelujah. Amen. But there are no qualifications for submission. Amen and amen. 
And as a husband to the will, the instructional wisdom of God for you in marriage is that you love your wife as Christ loved her. He didn't say a woman, when the woman is good and cooks well and does not make the food too salty or does not put too much pepper in it, that's when you love her unconditionally. No, there are no conditions. You love him as Christ loved the church. Amen. It doesn't matter how the woman is. <laughs> you, you, you are not, there, there are no qualifications for that one. Hallelujah. So, so when we, when you, when you receive this instructional wisdom from God, then you know how to conduct it. If not, you will struggle unnecessarily. And the problem is, the moment we miss out on God's instructional, instructional um, wisdom, what happens is we begin to work out of order. Hallelujah. And when you walk out of order, you break the head, and the serpent comes in and bites. Let me tell you something. Even if your husband is a drunkard and whatever, he's irresponsible, doesn't do anything, you as a woman must never try to take his place as the head of the house. The moment you do that, you're breaking ranks. And the greatest, the, the thing that is on the heart of the father most is order. The moment God has arranged things in a certain order, mm. it is not up to you to change order because you think this person is not standing in their position. Well, lead that one to God. What you have to do is to pray. Hallelujah. But the moment you, the woman, decides that, oh, my husband is there, I'm going to step in and become the man of the house, you have broken order. Mm. And then the devil will come in and cause chaos in your marriage, and you'll be wondering why there are problems. It's because you caused it. You broke you have to remain where you are. What you have to do is you pray and support him to become the man that he needs to be. If your wife is not the wife that he needs to be, you pray and support her to become the, the wife that he needs to be. Hallelujah. I'm just using marriage as an example. Hallelujah. Anyways, let's go further. So, so to do well in the kingdom, we said, one, I must believe God's revelation. That is God's opinion about what I'm doing. That means I must seek it out. I must seek it out. Hallelujah. Many people don't take time to seek out God's revelation concerning anything they are doing. And God, as I said, God is a very opinionated. He has something to say about everything. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Amen. What is God's revelation concerning it? Two, what is God's instructional wisdom concerning it? And three, do it. The third one is not final. You do it. Hallelujah. The Bible says that... He that looked into the perfect law of liberty. Hallelujah. And that's it. He shall be blessed. Don't be just hearers of the word, but what? Doers of the word. The blessing is for the doers. Hallelujah. So you, you, you seek out God's revelation. You receive his instructional wisdom. And then you do it. Amen and amen. Say, I'm going to do it. Hallelujah. I'm going to do it. Oh, no, don't. It, it, it ain't come true. Say, I'm going to do it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, now, what is it that today we are going to find out God's revelation concerning? Today, we want to find out what is God's revelation, what is God's instructional wisdom concerning giving? Giving. Hallelujah. Giving is a very big topic in, in mainstream Christianity now. It has been marred so much has been taught wrong by in certain sects in certain circles that sometimes believers no longer want to give and they don't understand why we should give and how we should give and to whom we should give and all those things. But the question is what has God said? Hallelujah. 
first, let's find out what is God's opinion about giving. What is God's revelation concerning giving? The first thing is this. Giving is a demonstration of love. Hallelujah. John chapter 3 verse 16. The Bible says that for God so loved the world that he did what? Oh, we are preaching together. Talk to me. For God so loved the world that he did what? He gave. He gave. He gave. God so loved the world that he gave. The giving was proof of his love. So giving is a demonstration of love. Romans chapter 5, verse 8, but just in the same point. The Bible says that God demonstrated his love so that in the world where yes in his Christ died, for God gave his son to die when we were yes in it. And by doing that, he demonstrated his love. Hallelujah. So giving is a demonstration of love. So if, you, 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 if somebody says, I love you and does not give, there's something wrong. Amen and amen. There has to be a demonstration of that love. And again, buttressing the same point, First John 4.19, in this was manifested the love of God toward us. And the love of God was in him. How did we see it? How did he reveal it? By sending his only son. Hallelujah. He gave his only son. And I'm just buttressing the same point. So giving is a demonstration. It is also a manifestation of love. Amen and amen. And there's only one thing of us, of us in response to his love, and that is to give him our hearts. Hallelujah. Proverbs chapter 23, verse 26, it says, My son, give me your heart, and let your eyes delight in my ways. This is what God wants from you, your heart. That's what God is after. And the reason I'm bringing this first is because, you see, anytime you talk about finances, people feel as if God is after my money. The Bible says the cattle and a thousand hills are mine. The silver and gold are mine. God is not after them. What is it that you give God that he doesn't have? Heaven is made of streets of gold. All things that exist, he made them. So why do you think God is after your two cents? Or God wants to deprive you of your $10 or your $20 or whatever you have in your bank account. No, God is not after that. God is after your heart. Say with me, God is after my heart. God is after your heart. That's what God wants from you. To give him your heart. Hallelujah. Hallelujah for God. That's what God wants from you. So keep this in your mind. God wants my heart. God wants my heart. Hallelujah. So we've said that giving is a demonstration of love. So when I give God my heart, it's a demonstration of my love to him. That's why the Bible says, I love the Lord your God with all what? All your what? Heart. That's the first thing. What is heart? Your innermost being. The place of, the, 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 the place of all your desires and everything. Love God with all your heart. With all your soul, with all your mind, intellectually, don't leave that one out. And love the Lord your God with all your strength. All your strength. All your strength. Don't wait till the latter years of your life that you say, I now want to go and preach the gospel. I now want to be busy about the work of the Lord. After you spent the days of your youth doing other things, now you want to give the little strength that is left to you to God. No, that's wrong. Because it said the Lord of God with all your heart, 
with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. Not stumble. And that God does not want you to share your heart with anyone. And when it comes to the area of finances, the Bible says that you cannot serve two masters. You can't serve God and mammon. God was talking about, 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 about money. You can't serve God and mammon. There is a demon called mammon. Hallelujah. And many people are feasting from the table of mammon. You can't serve two masters. You can't serve two masters. That's what the Lord said. You love one and despise the other. Unbeknown to many believers, sometimes unbeknown to them, they are loving money and despising God. Because that's what the Bible says. You can't love both of them the same. And the moment you love money, you despise God. Remember the Bible says, God says something. He said, don't you know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? That means there's no way you can be a friend of the world and not be an enemy of God. The moment you start friendship with the world, and you have also struck enmity with God. And the moment you strike friendship with God, you struck enmity with the world. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's one or the other. So then how should we handle money? How should we have finances? God has a way. Hallelujah. We'll find out. We have to find what is God's opinion about, about finances and how does he want us to go about it? Number two, giving. So we said giving is a demonstration of love. And we've, we've mentioned all these things that the most important thing God wants from you is your heart. And that your eyes would delight in His ways. Oh, that your eyes would delight in His ways. Hallelujah. Look at the, let's look at the second, the second one. Giving is a key to honoring God and experiencing His abundance. This is what God thinks about giving. Hallelujah. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9 to 10. The Bible says that honor the Lord with your wealth. With the first fruit of all your crops, then your barns will be filled to the overflowing, and your vats will drain with new wine. Hallelujah! Just honor the Lord with your wealth. So giving is a means of honoring God. Hallelujah! Man, giving is a means of what honoring God. What does it mean to honor? What does it mean to honor? Honor does not mean appreciation. Honor goes beyond appreciation. Honor is reverencing, recognizing who somebody really is, and acknowledging it as such. Hallelujah. So when we honor God with our wealth, we are recognizing who he is. Again, remember, God is not after the money you are bringing to him, or whatever offering you are bringing unto him. What is after is your heart. So by the time you have made a decision to honor God with your wealth, you are, you, are actually, you are actually honoring God in your heart. That's what God is after. That's what God is after. Remember when God told Abraham, I always say this, when God told Abraham, Abraham, take your son, your only son whom you love, and go and sacrifice him for me. Abraham did not complain. He didn't ask questions. He didn't say anything. He just took the boy and was going. He didn't even tell Sarah because if he told Sarah, it would be World War. World War. That was that was when World War One would have started. <laughs> he didn't even tell Sarah. And sometimes, ladies, when your husband, you know, as 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 the ladies here, they are married to spiritual husband. When your husbands are taking some strange decisions, and you don't understand why they are taking those decisions, sometimes. Eh, 
Don't question too much. Hallelujah. Oh, the ladies say amen. amen. <laughs> As of today, the ladies will tell me. <laughs> you see, because Abraham had heard something. And you mean this son that, Sarah will say, this son that I suffered before I gave birth to. I had to fight with Hagar and suck out of the house because of Isaac. You are going to sacrifice. It wasn't that God who gave it to us. Why would God? This is a demon. Hallelujah. But Abraham knew that, so he did not even, he did not even ask. That does not give you license as a man to also say, because Abraham did not communicate with the wife, I'm going to do my own thing and not communicate with my, my wife. Hallelujah. Don't use that as an excuse. Amen and amen. 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 But the, the point of what I'm saying is, when Abraham got to the mountain top, God told him, hey, stop, don't kill that boy. Now I see that you fear me. In the mind of God, when God looked into Abraham's heart, Abraham had already sacrificed the boy. In his heart, he, Isaac's head was somewhere and the body was somewhere. We can't get that. So he has finished the sacrifice in his heart. Amen. Hallelujah. So God said that you don't do it. I know you've done it already. Amen and amen. So when the Bible talks about honoring God with our wealth, it starts from the heart. What God is after is your heart. Hallelujah. And remember, like I said, it's a key to honoring God and experiencing abundance. This is how God thinks about it. He says, honor him with your wealth and your first fruit and all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to the overflowing. Hallelujah. Amen. And your bath will bring over with new wine. New wine. Wow. How beautiful it is. Look at Proverbs 11, 24. The Bible says, One gives freely, yet grows all the more richer. Another withholds what he should give and only suffers want. That means that according to God and in his kingdom, giving is the key to experiencing abundance. Amen and amen. Because one gives what freely and yet grows all the more richer. And one withholds what he has. And only suffers want. The wisdom of the world is keep all your money and that way you have plenty. But the wisdom of God is give freely and you experience abundance. Hallelujah. Look at Luke chapter 6 verse 38. The Bible says that give and it shall be given unto you. Press down, shake it together. Running over shall men bring unto your bosom. This is the mind of God concerning it. This is his revelation. See, he says give and it shall be given unto you. Press down, shaking together. Running over shall men bring to your bosom. Hallelujah. It is a simple spiritual principle. All the opinions of God concerning it, anything are principles. Hallelujah. By which we live and experience. The, abund- the abundance of this, of this, of this, the wealth of his blessings in our lives. Hallelujah. Let's go on. The third thing is, giving is a way to keep your heart away from the world and in the kingdom. You see, we live in this world, hallelujah, but the Bible says that Jesus said, ye are not of the world. You are not of the world as I am not of the world. Hallelujah. We are not of the world, but because we live in this world, there is a danger to fall in, this, in, in love with the world. There is a huge danger. I'll give you scriptures to support that. The Bible says that in the last day, the love of many shall wax cold because of iniquity. What is iniquity? Love for this world. 
Jesus John says, love not the world, neither the things there is. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Hallelujah. The Bible says that Paul said, Demas has forsaken me. Having loved this present world, the guy was taken away by the sights and sound of this world. And because of that, he forsook the ministry. How do I keep my heart away from this world? When this world is all around me, when this world is clamoring for my heart, everything in the world wants to possess your heart. Okay. Everything in this world wants to possess your heart. I'm telling you the truth. It wants to consume your heart. And let me tell you something. Whatever you love, you follow. And whatever you follow, you love. Everything in this world is clamoring for your heart so that you will follow it. You will give it all your attention. You will set your mind on it. But God is saying, no, set your heart on me. Hallelujah. He said, give me your heart. And when you have given God your heart, the evidence of it, of it is this. You will set your mind on things above where Christ is seated. Hallelujah. You be concerned with the things of the kingdom. So the, the question is, which, how do I keep my heart away from the world and in the kingdom? Matthew chapter 6, verse 21. Jesus said, wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. Do you see? This is the words of Jesus, our Lord. He says, wherever your treasure, what is your treasure? Anything that is of value to you. And the most valuable thing to us in this natural world is our, is our finances, right? Mm-hmm. Our finances, our, our investments and all those things, right? Jesus said, wherever your treasure is, mm-hmm. there the desires of your heart will also be. So if you want to keep your heart away from this world and in the kingdom, then make sure your treasure is where in the kingdom, not in this world. Not in this world. And we'll see that when we go to the next the next point. We'll see that it is really linked. The next point is this. What is God's opinion about giving? Giving is a means to storing up treasure in heaven. They say in Matthew chapter six, verse nineteen to twenty. You know, the Bible talks about how do not store up treasure in this world where moth and thieves can break in and destroy it or steal it. But store up treasure in heaven where moth cannot destroy it. Thieves cannot break in. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. Store up treasure in heaven. So giving is a means of storing up treasure in heaven. Sometimes we say, well, Pastor Sam, here, God just said that, you know, store up treasure in heaven. He did not say giving is a means to store it. I'll show you a scripture that shows that giving is a means to store treasure in heaven. Matthew chapter 19, verse 21. Matthew chapter 19, verse 20. A rich man came to Jesus, and Jesus said to him, Go sell all. He said, He wants to follow Jesus and do what is right. Jesus said, Go sell all you have and give to me. Is that what Jesus said? We think that's what Jesus said. Go sell everything you have and bring the money to me. Is that what Jesus said? No. He said, go sell all you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. That's what Jesus said. Go sell everything you have and give 
to the poor, and you have treasure in heaven. So giving is a means of storing up treasure in heaven. It's one of the ways we store up treasure in heaven. Hallelujah. But then, you know why God wants you to store up treasure in heaven? Not just because even thieves can break in the mortal and destroy, but because everything in this world is going to be burned up one day. The Bible says that this earth is being stored up for fire. One day God will destroy everything in this world with fire and create a new heaven and a new earth. Hallelujah. When the rapture comes and we go, everything is gone. Everything is gone. So when you lay up all your treasures here on this earth, and you don't lay up treasures in heaven above, in the age to come, in the kingdom to come, and everything is destroyed, you have nothing. In heaven, you have nothing. Hallelujah. So the Bible says, store up treasures in heaven. Store up treasures in heaven. Through giving, we can store up treasures in heaven. Hallelujah. It's one of the ways we can store up treasures in heaven. Hallelujah. Mm. Hallelujah. So, now we've seen about five things. Giving is a demonstration of love. God wants our hearts and wants our eyes to be light in His ways. We've seen that giving is a key to honoring God and experiencing His abundance. He says, giving is also a way to keep our heart. This is the most important one. Giving is a way of keeping our hearts away from the world and in the kingdom. And giving is a means of storing up treasure in heaven. Hallelujah. Now, mm-hmm. now that we've seen God's opinion about giving, let's find out how does God want us to give. And this is very important. How does God want us to give? And the reason it's important that we find out this instructional wisdom from God is because there's a lot of teaching. There's this particular teaching in the world, in, 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 in mainstream Christianity called Seed faith. Hallelujah. And I'm not here to bash it in any way. No. But I just feel that in certain circles, that doctrine has been stretched to the extreme and is being abused by many people. Hallelujah. And through that, some people are making a merchandise of believers, which is wrong. You know, and sometimes in certain circles, the main thought is this. If I want more from God, or if I want to get God to do something for me, then I must give him something. If I don't give God anything, God is not going to do anything for me. So somebody goes and maybe he goes to the pastor, I don't have a job, I need a job, and this and this and that and all that. Pray for me so I get a job. You ask me, come and sow seed. Come and sow this, come and sow that, come and sow this. I'm not, I'm not against sowing seed, and we'll find, that, we'll find out very soon. But you see, you don't try to corner God or you don't try to get from God. God is not a reluctant father sitting up there not willing to answer your prayer. That you have to try and squeeze his hands with your money before he give you something. Hallelujah. And a lot of people have been, been erroneously taught that, you know, the more they give, the more they'll get. So you should just pour, keep pouring the money Keep pouring their money, keep pouring their money, and then they'll get they'll get lazy things. But the Bible actually is saying that when you give, you start treasure in heaven. Hallelujah! You receive the blessing of God, but you start treasure in heaven. That's the most important thing. Amen and amen. And through that, those kinds of extreme erroneous teachings, many people have been led astray. Many people have been, and they have been seized by unsuspecting wolves in sheep clothing. Hallelujah. But let's find out what God really says. The first thing you should know as a believer about your provision in Christ is this. 
Jesus gave a parable. He said, you know the parable. He says and said, ask and it shall be given unto you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door shall be opened unto you. And he says, for which one of you, your son will ask for bread and you give him a stone? Or your daughter will ask for an egg and you give him a snake? He said, if you, as evil as you are, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more your heavenly father? Hallelujah. Don't think of God as somebody you have to try and go and corner before. You know, he will bless you with anything. No, that's not the point. If you, as evil as you are, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more your Heavenly Father? Felicia, your, your little daughter, when she wakes up in the morning, does she have to come and try and give you some offering before you provide her baby meals for her? How many of us, when we're growing up, our parents, when we, work, when we wake up every morning, our parents will say, today have you sold a seed to me? <laughs> Bring an offering before you receive, your, you receive your breakfast and your lunch and your supper. How many of us? Or before your, your parents will pay your school fees, they'll ask you, you know, how much have you sold? You know your school fees is very expensive, so you must also sow more. Or even they trade your school fees with house chores. Because you've not done house chores, they will not pay your school fees. Even when you were so stubborn, they were still paying your fees. They were still buying you clothes. They were still doing things for you. If you, as evil as you are, you know how to still love your children and provide for them, even when they are wrong, how much more your Heavenly Father? Why do we think of God like that? That's what an erroneous The Bible says that if God did not spare his feelings on Jesus, but gave him freely for us, how shall he not also with him freely, look at the word, freely give us all things. All things is free. You can't buy God with your money. How well with your money? God don't need your money. Come and buy him to provide all blessings. Or you can't buy God's blessings with your, your filthy money. Excuse my language. But this thing has to be cast out of the church. Hallelujah. There are some people who think that godliness is, is a means to gain. So they are fleecing the flock every day. And that is why I don't understand sometimes. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm seriously against this. And I'll, I'll share with you. You can have your opinion about it. But I'm seriously against this. Sometimes even as a church, when we want to do something, we want to embark on a project, you know, then we'll bring some, somebody to telemarket for us. You know. I need five people. The Spirit of God says, come and show your seed right now, right now, right now. If it passes, the anointing has passed. Hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. Come and show your seed. Oh, the anointing has passed. Then people are running. Bring everything. The woman of Zarephath, she gave everything. They'll use scripture to go. Before you realize it, you've emptied all your bank account. When you get home, when you get home, then you, you come to your senses like the prodigal son. You say, hey, what have I done? <laughs> Is it real? Is it real? Then the next week you see the pastor riding in some Bentley and you're also walking with your lucky bands. Then we'll go to him. You go and ask, he says, you don't have enough faith. So more. And you keep showing. And he's enjoying. You see, why should, if something has to be done in the church, why should it be 
If you show God to do this for you, if you show God to do this, I've asked God to do You know, all those things are gimmicks. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. God can see it, but believers can see it. All in the name of we are working with faith. No. These are all gimmicks. I will show you in the Bible when God wanted a project to be done in his house, how he went about it. This is God himself. How he went about it, I'll show you. In the word of God, hallelujah. We thank God for his instructional wisdom that shows us how to how to give specifically concerning mm-hmm. in the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. So we don't do things thinking some people have a very bad idea of God. We make God out to be something. You understand? Mm-hmm. We make God out to be something. And God is not like that. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. The funny thing, let me tell you that the funny thing, after the guy has said, if you don't show now in 10 minutes, the anointing is lifting, so into this anointing, or if it passes, it has passed you by. If after that 10 minutes you don't show, and after church, church has closed, and you go and say, oh, Pastor, I, I, I didn't have money at that time. I think now I have my $200 I want to show. You say, he tell you the grace of God has admitted you into the anointing. <laughs> I thought I thought the anointing has lifted it. You can't, you can't you think you take more. <laughs> or even or even afterwards you say those who they couldn't show today. God has given us extension to next week. <laughs> so <laughs> you see, let me tell you something. If you won't believe us to give, stick to them from the word of God. And they will. Don't try to use worldly of trying to corner them anyway to come and give and all that. Sometimes they play guilt on you and all those things. It's foolishness. Hallelujah. Let's find out from God's word how to give. Amen and amen. The first thing we need to understand is concerning God's instruction with us, how God wants us to give and why he wants us to give. Looking at Matthew chapter 6, verse 3, the Bible says, But when you give, I'm not going to read the whole scripture for us. Yes. But when you give, hold on there. I want us to look at that. Jesus speaking. This is Jesus, not just Paul or any of the apostles. Jesus says, but when you give. Jesus did not say, but if you give. That means that your giving must not be based on condition. Amen and amen. You understand the first part? Your giving must not be based on what? Condition. And we see it. Jesus even gives us an example. He says, but when you give, that means that giving is an expectation of the Father. Hallelujah. So we giving is an expectation of the Father. Giving is an expectation of the Father. Expectation of the Father. Hallelujah. God expects you to give. Why? Because he wants you to keep your heart away from this world and in the kingdom. He wants you to experience of the, the abundance of his blessings for your life. He wants you to honor him with your wealth. Because he wants you to demonstrate your love for him. Hallelujah. You understand? But when you give, giving is an expectation of God the Father for you. It's not based on the conditions of your life. No matter where you are, you are supposed to give. Amen and amen. Amen. It does not matter how much even you have. God expects it of you. Luke chapter number 21, verse 1 to 4. The Bible talks about how Jesus was sitting in the temple. And when he went in the temple, he sat where people were giving their offerings. 
And Jesus was actually looking into the offering bowl and seeing how much people people were putting in. Hallelujah. A rich man came dancing and shouting and dropped his money in there, flaunting all his wealth, put his money in there. A widow also came and put his two mites in there. And Jesus said, this widow, he said, this rich man, out of his abundance, has given this. But this widow, listen to what Jesus said. He said, but she, out of her poverty, put in all her life in which she had. Mm. Hallelujah. And Jesus was saying, the woman are giving more than the rich man. So, as we learn as we go on, our giving ought to be proportional to the blessing that God has blessed us with. This is how God wants us to mm. We learn that as we go on. But here I want to make this point that no matter your condition, whether you are rich or you consider yourself poor, you know, some people, they have $100,000 in their bank account, but they are so poor in their own estimation because they want to be billionaires. Amen and amen. Oh, that's fine. That comes to you. But whether you consider yourself poor below the poverty line, above the poverty line, just on top of the poverty line, God will expect you to give. Amen and amen. Amen. It doesn't matter whether you have $5,000, $2, $3, God expects you to give. Amen. And, and this is so important. I hear a lot of believers say, well, I don't have enough. God understands. Listen, it doesn't matter what you have. Give. In proportion to what you have. Even if, even if it is a dollar, give 10 cents or give 20 cents. Give. Don't hold back. Hallelujah. It is a training God is giving you for your own heart. For your own heart. Hallelujah. I remember, let me tell you a story myself. And Mary noticed. One time when I, when I was in college, I'd signed up for a summer class, and I paid my tuition for the summer class. And then on Friday, they told us summer class is canceled, so they are going to return all our money back to us. So I thought, oh, they are going to return the money, not knowing they, they had not returned it immediately. I didn't even check my account. So I, on Saturday, I went shopping, buying stuff, you know. I thought they returned the money back into my account. So I was just buying things and all that. Sunday morning, I checked my account. I had only $2 left in my account. <laughs> how, how many of us have been there before? You had only $2 in your account. Hallelujah. <laughs> I think Felicia has been there. She has had the experience. <laughs> I had only two dollars in my account. So when when I was about to go to church, Sunday morning we were about to go to church, and normally I write a check, you know, to go give offering. The moment I took out the checkbook, the devil came and spoke to me. He said, so are you going to give these two dollars that you going to give an offering? You don't have enough. And immediately I said, get thee behind me, Satan. I'm going to give unto the Lord. I took out the checkbook and I wrote one dollar offering. Hallelujah. Oh, oh, somebody say amen. amen. I took out my checkbook and I wrote a one dollar offering. Hallelujah. Yeah. I took it amen. That, that day I dressed well. I put on my suit. When we went to the church, it was time for offering. I was dancing. I went to put the thing inside. Oh, my God. Hallelujah. You know what? After church, I came home, and then there was this postgraduate student in the in, in at, at at Drake University. He was postgraduate student. He, he called me. He said, "Son, I'm coming. I'm coming around to your area." So he came around, 
and he said I should go and escort him to the African store. So I was like, okay, I'll, I'll go with you. So when, when we got there, then he just told me, Sam, whatever you want, take as much as you want, take whatever groceries or anything you want. And you know, the previous day when I went shopping, I went to buy, you know, clothes and other stuff. I didn't really buy food or anything. So I really didn't have food in the house. <laughs> you know, but this guy just took me. I didn't even know that was what he was doing. He said, pick anything and everything you want. It doesn't matter the amount. Just pick anything. So I said, okay, he's giving me the license, me to our shop. So I would pick whatever I wanted. And afterwards, after he had paid for it and all that, we sat in the car and I said, Eugene, you know, let me tell you something. This is what happened this morning. So after I told him that, he said, Sam, are you really sure you picked everything? We can go back so that you go and pick more if you will. <laughs> you see, and I think God did that to show me something. You know, God honors the heart that decides to obey his word. Hallelujah. God honors the heart that decides to honor him. I chose to honor God despite my situation. I chose to honor God. It was my heart. And you see, when you do that, it becomes a sweet fragrance before God. God is not after the one dollar. What is God going to do one dollar? But the thing is your heart. It becomes a sweet fragrance unto the Lord. You understand? And immediately, the blessing of God followed. Hallelujah. And I was not thinking, oh, I'm going to give so that God will also give me something, uh, $100 in return. You know? No, that was not what I was thinking. Let me tell you, the blessing of God is immeasurable. When you honor God, God honors you. It's immeasurable. When you honor God's word, God's word will honor you. Hallelujah. So it doesn't matter how much you have. Right? Even if you make $50 a month, the first thing is honor God. Have that in your mind. But I want to honor God. So if it is even $2, $5, take it and give. And give in your local church, in generation, you, know, you can call Rhoda. Give. Nobody is looking at your offering. Nobody is looking at your offering and how much you gave, and this person gave only 10 cents, and this person gave $5, and this person gave $100, so this person has more importance. No. No. Actually, there's something I told Rhoda. When Rhoda prepared the report, financial report, which we read to everyone, you know, um, at the end of the month, when he said it, I just read the total amounts here. That's all. I don't even look, okay, who gave what, who gave this. It's not necessary. Because, you see, I'm not there to judge somebody and how much who, who gave this and who gave what and this person gave this and that. It's not important. Funny enough, in, in some churches, the people who give more, they have special people in the church. <laughs> And those who don't give, you are the bad. <laughs> those who don't give more, you give $5 and $10, you, they don't care about you. You are the bad. And you see, the, 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 the mammon spirit is taking over some churches. You are only as good to them as the money you give. There are some churches, if you don't pay time, they will not even bury you when you die. They cancel your name out. You are only as good to them as the money you give them. Why? Because they take unnecessary projects on themselves. 
they want to build this huge auditorium that has some lighting and stuff which is not negative, which will bend down and cry down. And they have to pay for this or that thing. Their budget amount is $10,000 or something. So they are always trying to extract money from the people. The pastor also wants to fly in some jet everywhere. So you try and use scripture to cover it and a whole lot of things like that. So he's always trying to extract money from the people because his other peers are flying in jet. So he feels he's also on that level. I'm a bishop, so I must also fly in jet to preach the gospel. That's true, but yes. The kingdom, the kingdom, we are dominating the world. That's foolishness. That's foolishness. Jesus, those days there were chariots and all those things. You walked to villages and towns preaching the gospel. What are you talking about? Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So you see, we must be delivered from that error. Amen and amen. Let's continue. Let's continue. There's a lot to share. Let's continue. So you see, our giving, therefore, must not be dependent on our condition. No matter the condition you are in, give. start today. Start today. Give. And I know, I know fake generation we gave. Oh, and how you guys have been given. It's amazing. It's really amazing. And it's a good practice. I want to encourage you to continue. Hallelujah. Because you are honoring the Lord. Amen and amen. Amen. Now, let's look at the teachings of Jesus and how the early church applied the teachings of Jesus. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7. 2 Corinthians 9, 7. It says here, each of you should give. This is Paul talking about giving. Say, each of you should give according as he has purposed in his heart. Not reluctantly. Look at the words. Not reluctantly or out of compulsion. For God loves a cheerful giver. Oh, I love this one. How should we give? This is how God wants you to give. He says, each one should give according as you have purposed in your heart. That means it's between you and the Holy Ghost. There is no law binding on it that give this amount, give that amount. No. It's between you and the Holy Ghost. As you have purposed in your heart, you prayerfully consider. Why? Because giving is a part of your worship. Giving is a part of your worship. Your worship is not only lifting up your hands, singing songs, and all those things, reading the Bible, praying. No, giving is a part of your worship. It, it matters to God because it reveals the condition of your heart. Hallelujah. So Amen. according as you have to prayerfully consider it and decide between you and the Holy Ghost. And the Bible says that not reluctantly. You know some people... They don't want to give. Like, the giving they are giving is not in their hearts, but they are. I remember one time. Let me share a story with you. When I was in a disco, a disco college in, in, in uh, what do you call it? In, in Ghana, high school, there was a program. There was a leader service, you know, and I was in the service. And the man of God, after he preached and all that, you know, they were doing the same thing I was talking about earlier on. And I thought, oh, you know, let me go and give 20 CDs at that time. And that was the money, you know, that was, that was quite some money at that time. Let me go and give 20 CDs. And that's, I was planning on coming to the U.S. for, for my, you know, um, college edu- education. So I said, let me give, give money towards that. And if I give them, God will open the door for me to come to the U.S. I went to give that 20 Ghana CDs. The moment there, the, what you call it, the meeting was closed. I walked out where my uncle works. You know, my, at that time, my uncle was working in, um, there's this pharmaceutical company in Ghana. 
an ex-chemist. And his boss had come to see his son in Addis Ababa, so he was there too. So he called for me to come. The moment he called me, he gave me 20 Ghana series. And you know what? <laughs> Immediately he gave me that money. Immediately he gave me that money. It dawned on my heart, I've given you back your money. I don't need your money to send you to America to go and school. Using hmm. <laughs> it. For me, my motive was, okay, I'm giving so that God would, you know, I'm trying to call out God to send me to America. If I'm, I'm, I, I promise you I'm going. God's promises in your life does not need those things. Immediately, he gave me back my money. He gave me back my money. Hallelujah. May God give some people back their money so that they know that it's not your money is not what is going to corner you. Hallelujah. Now you are saying amen. May God keep his witnesses. So <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen and amen. Amen and amen. But the Bible says, you see, this is how God wants us to say, each of you should give according as he has purposed in his heart, not reluctantly. Like, you know, the thing you are doing, your heart is knowing, that's reluctance. It's not under compulsion. Don't let some pastor put you under pressure to give. Don't let anybody put you under pressure to give. Compulsion. Do you know some people, when they are going to church and they don't have money, say they, don't, they literally don't have money on them, they don't want to go to church. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's true. The Bible says that, you know, the Bible in the Old Testament, God said to uh, the children of Israel that their sons, their first sons should appear before him during the Feast of Weeks, Feast of Tabernacles, and the Passover. And when they are coming, they should not come empty, but they should give as they are able. Hallelujah. So mm-hmm. some, some people think that, you know, if I'm going to church and I don't have anything, that I can't go to church. No. No. Listen, God knows your heart. Hallelujah. Your heart is the most important thing. Are you going to church just because of money? And the funny thing, that's how we make church. So if somebody is not coming with money, then we, we, we feel like you are not important in the church. But it's not supposed to be so. Amen and amen. So we give what we are purposed in our heart, not reluctantly or out of compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Listen, God loves who? A cheerful giver. The Bible says, serve the Lord your God with gladness of heart. And giving is part of your service. So do it gladly, joyfully. Joyfully. Hallelujah. Be excited when you are doing it. Amen and amen. amen. Just as the way when you go to the mall and you are buying that dress, the ladies, when you are buying that makeup, you are excited that you got a good deal. And you know to the ladies, what a good deal. You see a coach bag. The coach bag is $899. <laughs> But they are doing fifty percent sales, so it's now for fifty dollars. Italy is a good deal that you bought you buy it. And you are so excited. Oh coach bag, you bring it home a coach bag. And you want to wear it to your friend's wedding, you want to put it on for your friend's wedding. You grab the bag when you go, you put it under a chair, nobody will even see it. Hallelujah. Oh. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> or you go and buy this shoe, you are so excited. You want every, the reason you bought the shoe is because you want everyone to see it. Meanwhile, you wear a long dress and it will cover the shoe. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen and amen. Amen. So, you know, all of this echoing, what was in Deuteronomy chapter 16, verse 17, it says, Every man shall give as he is able. 
You see, it is not a compulsion. So every man shall give as he is able according to the blessing of the Lord thy God which he has given thee. So you see, we give as we have purpose in our hearts and we give also according to the blessing that the Lord has given unto us. We give proportionally to the blessing of God. You know, that's why you see, Jesus was saying that the woman had given more than the man who put in, you know, God had blessed you so much, he bought peanuts. Hallelujah. If God has blessed you with a million dollars and you give hundred dollars, you think you've done something? Nothing. Hmm. The other day I was in discussion with Laureen, you know, and we we're talking about something. We we're sharing something. I said to her, listen, if all your life, let's say you are, I, I'm, I'm, I'm turning, I'm turning 30 this year. If all my life, from the day I was born to now, I count the amount of money that has passed through my hands, right? Let's say all the money that has passed through my hands is $100,000. Out of that, how much have I given for the work of the kingdom? How much have I given in honor of God? Just think about it. If $100 has passed through your, through your hands and you've only given $5,000 to God, oh, you could have done better now. Yeah. So we give according or in proportion in proportion to the blessing of the Lord in our lives. Amen and amen. 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 That is how God wants us to give and why we ought to give. Hallelujah. Now let's look at three areas of giving in the New Testament. Three areas of giving in the New Testament, which we are also supposed to do. The first is giving to support the work of the Lord. Amen. How many of you know the ministry, the work of the ministry, the ministry of reconciliation, which we have given, God has given us, requires finances. Somebody said finances is the wheels of the gospel. That is true. Because you have to bring materials, you have to travel to places to preach and all those things. It requires finances. Amen and amen. amen. So we give to support the work of the Lord. What is the biblical evidence for that? Let's look at Philippians chapter 4 verse 15. If you have the Bible, turn there quickly and read for me. Philippians 4.15. Philippians 4.15. And as someone is opening Philippians 4.15, someone should open Luke chapter 8, verse 1 to 3. Luke 8, 1 to 3. So if, if you have Philippians 4.15, you can read that for us. Philippians 4.15. Now ye Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but ye only. Hallelujah. Paul was saying to them that when I traveled from Macedonia to you guys with the gospel, no church in that area connected with me in giving and receiving. Paul was saying nobody supported the ministry of the gospel by my hands, financially, apart from you guys. Hallelujah. Paul was commending them for that. Hallelujah. So it is of necessity that we do all. We support the work of the ministry. Amen and amen. Amen. Let's look at Luke chapter 8, verse 1 to 3. Luke 8, 1 to 3. Anybody there can read it, read it for us. And uh, most especially, I think, uh, verse 3. If you, if you could just read verse 3 for us. Luke chapter 8, verse 3. Yeah. And, and Joanna, the wife of Susa, Herod Steward, and Susanna, and many others who provided for him from their substance. 
Hallelujah. Amen. You see, so the women, these were in chapter in, in Luke chapter one, eight verse one to three, you can read it yourself. Jesus uh, the Bible talks about the women who follow Jesus and as Ben read, Susanna and you know the other women who follow Jesus, they provided financially for him and his disciples. Hallelujah. Think about it. How did Jesus go from village to village and all that? Jesus was a man. He needed to eat. He needed to feed and all. How did they provide for the ministry? The disciples. They were with them. They also they were moving around with them. Jesus was moving with all these women. They were cooking for them, providing financially. Meaning that the women were working. When they go, they were industrious. They were industrious. Hallelujah. Oh, may God raise such women in the, in the kingdom now in the name of Jesus. Amen. They, they, they decided to follow Jesus and the disciples. And every city they go to work and they provide financially while Jesus and the disciples do the work of the ministry. Hallelujah. God, may God provide such women. Hallelujah. Amen. I was going to say something, but if I say it, when we come for the retreat, the women will catch me and beat me, so I'll say it. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. The second thing, so first we get to support the work of the Lord. The second thing is we get to support the minister. Hallelujah. Blessing the minister. And this area is very important, and we have to put it in perspective. If not, there are some people who, who abuse it. Giving to support the minister, blessing the minister. Galatians chapter 6, verse 6. Anybody there can read it for me, please. Galatians chapter number 6, verse 6. Galatians 6, 6. Anyone there? Galatians 6, 6. Let him yes. that is taught in the word communicate unto him that teacheth in all good things. Hallelujah. Let him that is taught in the word communicate to him who teaches in all good things. Now, the King James uses those that rendering, but what the King James is actually saying is, let him that is taught in the word, the one who is taught in the word, should share in all his good things with the one who teaches him. So all that Paul is saying by the Spirit of God is, as you are being taught the word of God, share all your good things with the one who is teaching you. Hallelujah. And the reason Paul is saying that is 1 Corinthians 9.11 says, If we have sown spiritual seed among you, is it too much if we reap material things from you? In the same way, the Lord has commanded that those who proclaim the gospel should live by the gospel. Hallelujah. Sometimes mm-hmm. I see churches, members in there prospering and their pastors are starving. The pastor who labors day and night in prayer in the word, teaches you the word, Raising you in the faith. They don't, con- they don't even for a moment think about his needs. But it's wrong. Hallelujah. And in First Corinthians mm-hmm. chapter 9, Paul was making an argument. You see, when you study the scripture very well, and I encourage you to study it, Paul was making an argument to the Corinthians that if we have sown spiritual seed among you, that is by teaching you that we're praying for you, raising you up in the faith, is it wrong for us to benefit from you materially? Is it wrong if you share in your good things with us? Is there anything wrong? For God has even said or commanded that those who preach the gospel should live by the gospel. Hallelujah. 
But you see, Paul was not exercising that right at that time because Paul did not want anything to stand in the way of the gospel. So what Paul rather chose to do was any city he goes to, he takes up the, the job of being a tent maker to make money for himself because, you see, Paul did not want anybody to speak evil against the gospel. And he did not want anything to hinder the movement of the gospel. So even though God gave him that right, he had that right as a preacher, he did not... He did not take it. He did not even use it. Hallelujah. Rather, he worked with hands. Because sometimes church members are wicked. Believers are wicked. Believers are wicked sometimes. Hallelujah. They don't consider the needs of the, the one that is always teaching them pray. Meanwhile, when they need prayer, they will call. Pastor, pray for me at night. They call. The pastor is sleeping with his children and they'll call him, pastor, pastor, I have this, pastor, I have that, pastor, I have this, pastor. And you can't even think a little good concern. You know, pastor also has to eat. Pastor also has to take his children to school. Pastor also has to, pastor also at least has to sleep on a good bed. Hallelujah. Amen. Yeah. Pastor also needs a blender in the house. Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> so what is wrong? Is it wrong? Hallelujah. But the funny thing is some are taking this thing to the extreme. There was one guy, I remember back in Ghana, there was a fellowship I was at. One guy came there, came to preach, and after what he said, you see, if I get in a bus and I preach from this place to that place, and afterwards I take money from the people, I make about, he mentioned the amount to me. He said, if I do that the whole day, look at the amount I'll make. <laughs> that would be cool. His motive for going to preach in the bus was not to save souls and to earn it. <laughs> like, may God deliver us from such men in the name of Jesus. But brethren, God wants you to do this. You see, God wants you to be conscious so much about the gospel that you are so concerned about the gospel. Out of your heart, the Bible says, whatsoever you do, in word or deed, do it all unto the Lord, as unto the Lord in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. So support, support the ministers of the gospel. Support them. Support them. Okay, the Bible says that when you give water to a prophet in the name of a prophet, you receive a prophetic reward. When you give water to a righteous man in the name of a you receive a righteous reward. Hallelujah. Support them. Amen. That is one thing that as, as a family, the others we are discussing about, we want to start supporting missionaries, hallelujah, who are preaching the gospel. We want to partner with some of them and support them. Some of them are in places where they sacrifice their life to preach the gospel. And I believe that God, God through us, is going to also meet you and need. Amen and amen. Amen. Yes. God is not going to rain down manna from heaven like he did in those days. The manna will come through us in the church. It will come through you. God will not rain down manna. I tell men of God have needs just as you also have needs. Think about them. Hallelujah. Think about them. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong if they benefit from you. Amen, amen. But don't let anybody take you captive and start giving you strange, strange prophecies and tell you, bring money. Some, there are some people. There was one time a friend of mine called me and said she went to a pastor and told the pastor, Pastor, I want you to teach me something. You know what the pastor said? So before I teach you, you must first become my spiritual daughter. And to become my spiritual daughter, you need to bring your bottle of oil, and he mentioned an amount of money, and then start coming to my church before I 
the moment you hear that thing from him, you know that that man is a wolf in sheep clothing. Hallelujah. Yes. You, don't, you don't need to go and pray for the Lord to reveal to you. It has already been revealed by what he said. Amen and amen. Yes. amen. So what we, we support the work of the Lord too. We support the minister, bless the minister. Hallelujah. And this is all the early church putting into practice the teaching of Christ concerning giving. Amen. And then three, we give to support the needy. Hallelujah. First John 3, 17, the Bible says, If anyone has this world's goods and sees his brother in need and yet closes his heart against him, how does the love of God abide in him? How? John is asking, how? How can you say God's love is in you or you love God when you see your brother in need and you have and you close your heart against him? You close your heart against him. Is that no wickedness? Or you tell him, go, it shall be well with you. Brethren, that is not what God wants. God wants us to be so concerned about the needy around us. So concerned about the needy around us. Jesus said in Matthew 25, verse 35, he says that, and on that day he said to them, I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. Truly I say to you, as you did unto one of the least of these my brothers you did to me. These my brothers, who are the brothers of Jesus, Christians? The Bible says that Jesus is our senior brother. Hallelujah. Amen. And the Bible says that let us do good, especially to the household of faith. It is not that we don't bless unbelievers. It's not like when you go out and you are trying to bless the poor, the needy. You ask them, are you a believer? If he's not a believer, you forsake him. You go your way. No. But especially to the household of faith. Hallelujah. The needy must not only be people who are walking outside on the road, dejected and all that. No, we bless them also. But sometimes there are people in the church who have needs. They have needs, genuine needs. Hallelujah. Jesus gave a parable, so he gave the church. He says, when you throw a party, don't invite your friends and your rich neighbors to come and enjoy with you, which that's what we do. When we throw a party, we invite our friends and our rich. Jesus said, invite the blind, the lame, those who can't do anything for you. <laughs> in fact, Jesus' teaching was radical. How many of us organized birthday parties and invited the blind and the lame? And the homeless on the streets. We invite our friends. And me, I tell you, when I was a kid, I was a party crasher. Whether you invite me or not, I'll come. Unless I don't hear that there's a party going on. Hallelujah. <laughs> and any time I'm coming to, I have my gift. Because my dad will always buy a lot of geisha soup. You know that big soup? Green, pink, blue. <laughs> and I'll just, I'll just wrap one and carry it with me. I'll write your name. Boom. <laughs> when I get there, that, that is my, that is my gate pass. What do you mean? You organize a party in the area, you invite me. Why? I'm coming. <laughs> Hallelujah. You see, so Jesus is saying, bless those who can do anything for you. Hallelujah. And that's what Jesus wants us to be concerned about. Sometimes, from where we come from in Africa, we have been trained, some, you know, from the movies we watch and all that, we've made, we've demonized the needy. So we think when we get to the needy, they are going to use it to do juju against us. So we see the needy in town with their children suffering on the road and we don't care. Because we are afraid if I give him money, 
He's going to use it to do juju against me. But there are people with genuine needs. Hallelujah. And may God lead you to show them love. And Jesus said that, but when you do your arms, don't let your right hand see that your le- what your left hand is doing. Don't, don't trumpet it before you for everybody to know. He says that your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. But mm-hmm. today in the big social media, social media is a trumpet. Do you know that? Mm-hmm. Social media mm-hmm. is a trumpet. I want Facebook. The guy is feeding the boy on the street. You take a selfie. Oh, this guy is suffering all. <laughs> we are trumpeting our God says you have already received your reward. You have already received the The reason our our outreach we did, I only put it on our website is because I don't want to I don't want us to put it on Facebook or anything for anybody to know what we are doing. Because that's not the point. We are not trying to advertise ourselves that oh look at we have done this, we've done that. No. Our Father who sees in secret will reward us openly. Hallelujah. Amen. But now we want everybody to see what we are doing so that we can receive praise of men. You've received your reward already. Hallelujah. So the three Amen. areas we are supposed to give is give to the needy. Give to the needy. Give to support the man of God. For the ministers Amen. of God. Yeah. And give to support the work of God. I'll tell you something. If you have to be cornered with scriptures and gimmicks and all those things before you give to support the work of God, you are not a Christian. You are not a Christian. If somebody has to come and tell you there's an anointing here, this and this and that, and put all those things before you give, you are not a Christian. If your love for God is not enough for you, if the, your love for God is not strong to move your heart to support the work of the kingdom to see souls born, you are not a Christian. Hmm. You are not a Christian. Hallelujah. Hmm. You are not a Christian. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. What are you giving for others to be saved? That means you don't cherish this great salvation. Hmm. What are you giving? And the first thing you give is yourself, your heart unto the Father. Then your substance, because if not, your heart will be in this world. Like I said, how much money are you spending in the world? Consider that. And how much money are you spending in the kingdom? All the money that has passed through your, God has blessed you to pass through your hands. How much of it has gone into kingdom work? How much? Hallelujah. And I think it's good questions for us all to think about and ponder about. But this is, as we scratch the surface and gone deeper a little bit, you know, another time we'll talk about it more. This is what the Father wants us to do. We've, mm-hmm. we've seen God's revelation concerning giving. We've received God's instructional wisdom on how to give and why to give. And we've seen also the three areas in the New Testament we are supposed to give. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. Amen. 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 I pray for us in the name of Jesus. May the Lord God himself cause our hearts to be enlightened by this truth. That from today we'll be profuse givers. Hallelujah. Profuse givers. Irrespective of where we are, what we are, what we are doing, we'll be profuse givers. Amen. 
Amen and amen. We thank God for tonight. I know our time, our time.